Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The Chat Podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to The Chat. The Chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome everyone to the chat. I am coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live streamed from its website. The chat is also available through iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Jane Noblet. Jane is an attorney here in Columbus. She is also an associate pastor at The Rock. We'll be right back with the chat. Welcome back to the chat. My guest today is Jane Noblet. Jane, I've been looking forward to having you come in and, and have a chat with me for a good while. So have I, Nida. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Will you tell us about your family? Sure. I uh, was born and raised in Columbus, Indiana. Both of my parents are natives of Columbus also. Uh, I am single, but I have a brother and two sisters seven nieces and nephews and four <laughs> great nieces and nephews a, a good size family yes, that's for sure will you tell us about your work i know that you are uh, a pastor mm-hmm. uh, at the rock you are also an attorney here in town so tell us a little bit about that all right thank you i'm a pastor at the rock that's yes an associate pastor i've been there for several years i also practice law here in columbus i'm a public defender Mm-hmm. And so sometimes um, people ask, well, how can you be a pastor and an attorney? And I guess I look at uh, my life as it's really all part of the same thing. I'm mm-hmm. ministering to people, whether it's in the legal arena or in the spiritual arena. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I call myself a pastor at law. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't think I know any attorneys that have an occupation quite as different as a pa- being a pastor and an attorney at the same time. Sure. Will you give us your testimony? When did you come to know Jesus and have a relationship with him? Well, I was 36 years old. Now, I grew up knowing Jesus, knowing all about him and believing in him, but it wasn't until I was in my late 30s that had a personal relationship with him. And the way it came about is that I had stopped going to church for quite a while, and there came a time when My sister and her husband were attending a local church, and they had just had my nephew. And so I thought, well, I'm going to start going to church so I can see my nephew more often. Mm. 
And so I started attending their church, and I was there to see my nephew. No mm-hmm. other reason. But as I sat and listened to uh, the pastor preach, it just became more and more apparent that this God that I thought I knew was talking to me. I mean, me, not just the whole congregation, but he was talking to me. So there was one day in particular, I remember I was sitting there, and I was very disappointed. I was an attorney at the time. I was very fed up with uh, my fed up with my career, with my life, with everything, and I kept at, and I was actually praying, saying, "Lord, what do I do with my life? Did you am I supposed to be an attorney? You know, uh, help me because I don't know." And in that, mo- I wasn't even listening, mm. you know, to the sermon being mm-hmm. preached, and I just happened to cl- uh, clue in there for a minute, and I heard the pastor say, "The problem is." You're trying to walk in both worlds. Mm. You've got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. You've got to choose mm. which which way are you going to go. And in that moment, I knew that God was talking straight to me. That was the issue, not what I did for a living, but whether I was going to be all in for him. And so um, I went to the altar, and I prayed with the pastor, and I prayed for Jesus to come into my life uh, in a, into a personal relationship, and he did. And everything's been different since that day, Mm. because now I know that it's not just about there's a God and I'm here, but I can have a relationship with this God and I can draw on him for his strength. So that's the day it started. And it sounds like you took it very seriously. I did. I did. Um, I was baptized. I joined the church. Uh, I started reading the Bible. I started uh, talking to people about God and trying to learn more. Mm. I mean, who is this God who knows me? Mm-hmm. What can I find out about him? So you took it hook, line, and sinker, as they say. <laughs> right, I did. Well, what's your relationship with him like today? Well, it's just only gotten better over time. I, mean, I can't say that uh, I don't fall back or haven't fall, fallen back on occasion. And I don't mean necessarily falling back into sin, although I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are times mm-hmm. when I'm not as close to God as uh, other times, and that's because that's that's me. Like I might get discouraged. I might mm-hmm. uh, something might happen. But ultimately, I know deep inside that if I will surrender whatever that is to Him, that if I will say, Jesus, you know, I need you in this. I need you to help me. That He will come. And um, I talk to Him every day, even during the bad times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he just sustains me. Do you have a passion? I do. My passion is to. I'm not quite sure how to put it into words, but I I want to talk about the Lord. I want to exhibit him inside of me. That's one of the, the marvelous things that came out of uh, that time after I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That was in 1996. Mm. In uh, the year 1999, he called me into ministry. Um, and it's at that point where I knew that it didn't necessarily mean I wasn't going to work as a lawyer, but I was also mm-hmm. going to speak his word whenever I had the opportunity and try to be a witness for him in whatever I did mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So just being an attorney, you could use that as well. Yes. Yes, that's for sure. In what area has God been working on you to make you more like Jesus? In fact, maybe a couple of things. Because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we all have at least one. Yeah. Well, there's a I, there are a couple, and one of them is I think that he's really working on me right now to see other people through his eyes. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to look at someone and think you know what their situation is and think you know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But Jesus has taught me that sometimes I don't see correctly 
mm-hmm. and that upon further discussion with this person, uh, there's something more going on underneath the surface. And I think he's trying to teach me to look at them through his eyes and look at them with compassion, not necessarily don't set the boundaries, mm-hmm. don't you know expect people accept responsibility, but to understand where they're coming from. That's one thing. The other thing I think he is he's tried to teach me throughout my journey is to trust him. I came into that relationship with him as a pretty, tried to be a very independent person. I thought I had to do it all, Mm -hmm. that I had to prove myself, that I didn't need anybody, uh, that if I did need anybody, that was a weakness. And so even though I know that's not true anymore, that I'm not alone, and that Mm -hmm. Jesus uh, enables me to do the things that he calls me to do, Mm -hmm. and he's in control, and I'm not, I still find myself in situations where I try to take control mm-hmm. or I try to, to direct things in a way that maybe that's not what he had in mind at all. So I think he's still working on me with that. It's just mm-hmm. to let go and listen to his voice and, and follow his lead on, mm-hmm. on whatever I'm facing. Well, you know, Jane, I think that each of us as followers of Christ, those are two areas that touch us as well, where he has to work with us to change us, to make him make us more like him as well. Sure, yeah. And so that sounds like you fit right in with the rest of <laughs> That's us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the theme song for the chat is a song called Stepping Out. Can you tell us about one of those times when God has asked you to step out of the boat of faith and just to trust him. All he wanted was for you to trust him. And during that, he wanted to stretch you. And that's what he does. When he wants mm-hmm. our faith to grow, he stretches us. He puts us in a boat out, and we have to get out of that boat. Tell us about one of those times for you. All right. Well, this goes back to 2015. But my dad, um, who we lost my mom back in 2009, he had been her caregiver before she died. She had multiple sclerosis and mm. some other health issues. And he had been her caregiver for, for caregiver for several years before she passed away. Well, there came a time, then it was in 2015, where his health was not the best. He had Parkinson's disease, and mm. there, there came a point where mm. it was evident that he could no longer live alone, that he needed, he needed help in some manner. Mm-hmm. Now, this... This was a time in my life when I felt like God was calling me to do certain things, and but that was interrupted when I felt like God was saying, you need to move in with your dad and provide care for him. Mm. And I thought, great, I want to do that mm-hmm. because I want to honor him the same way he honored my mom and the way he took care of her. Mm-hmm. I would like to be able to, to do that, mm. but I'm not saying it was easy mm-hmm. uh, because I was scared. I was scared of being alone in it. Mm-hmm. I was scared that I wouldn't be able to handle it. I was scared of missing out on other opportunities I thought were presenting themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was excited about doing it, when the actual time came that I was packing up out of my apartment mm-hmm. and moving into his home, I was scared and I was angry. And I was, I was, uh, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, you, you've got to trust me in this. I will walk with you through this time with mm-hmm. your dad. And as it turned out, he did. It wasn't all mm-hmm. roses. There were times of, you know, that it was very, very hard, and I had to depend on God daily to, to get through it, but then so did my dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the one being taken care of, and he had mm-hmm. always been a very independent person, and so I know it was hard for him, too. So God really, I, I know he really um, 
called on me during that time to, to trust him. And then there was one day in particular that really stands out to me in that regard. And that is, um, I was, I'm self-employed as an attorney. And so I was going to work, coming home, taking care of dad at lunchtime, going back to work, mm-hmm. coming home at night. And it was, it was a lot. And I felt uh, physically challenged. I felt spiritually challenged. I felt emotionally mm-hmm. challenged. And there was one day I came home and I was so tired and, and so anxious. And my dad asked me to do something for him. And I just lost it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I said some things I shouldn't have said. And then here's one of those times when God allowed me to look at my dad through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I'd heard him. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, I'd heard him. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, Dad, I am so, so sorry. I'm not mad at you. I'm tired. I'm just tired. And he said, of course you're tired. Anyone would be tired. Mm-hmm. I get that. What's wrong, Jane? You don't like being human. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it just felt like God was allowing my dad to be the Lord to me, if you know what I mean. Yes. To work yes. through my dad to say, mm-hmm. I see you, Jane. I see how hard it is. I see your pain. I see your, your you know, all that stuff. Don't expect perfection from yourself. Mm-hmm. Even my dad. Think of the, the grace that he was exhibiting there. He was the one being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, I understand. I get it. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, there came a time when it was too much for me. Mm-hmm. And it was evident. It was evident to other people in our family. And we had to make the hard decision uh, for him to go into a health care facility. And that was another time where all of us as a family mm-hmm. had to trust God that that was the right decision for us. And it was not easy. There are still times today, he, he passed away in 2016, but there's still times today when I go back and I say, did we do the right thing? And it's like the Lord is saying, will you trust me? Will you trust mm-hmm. me now for the way I led you then? Mm-hmm. So it never ends, does it? Mm-hmm. How long of a time did that last? About two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good little spell. Yes. Did God teach you anything in all of that? Well, he taught me to trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, well, I got to say, my dad wasn't always a believer mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. But in his later years, he did receive Christ as his Savior. Mm-hmm. And to see God exhibited in him, mm-hmm. that was huge. He's always been someone I looked up to, someone I admired. Mm-hmm. And it was always for uh maybe worldly reasons, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I was able to look up to him in a spiritual way also. Yeah. So it was neat. It sounds like it was a very endearing time, though it was a time of struggle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Jane, we've got to take a break, but we will be right back with the chat. Stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out. We are back with the chat, and I am speaking with Jane Noblet, and we are getting ready now to get into your prayer life, Jane. There's some things we'd like to know, other uh, Christians who are listening. Do you have a designated place to pray every day? I do. I used to get up in the morning and go to my desk in my home office Mm -hmm. and uh, meet with the Lord, but then it occurred to me that I spend most of my life at a desk. (laughs) <laughs> and it was becoming kind of rote, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just going through the motions and say, okay, now check that off, check that off. So I have moved my place uh-huh. to my recliner. Oh. I love my recliner. I just got it like two years ago. <laughs> no one told me how awesome my recliner is. But anyway, right. I go to the recliner and uh, just sit with the Lord, and and that's where I pray. Oh, what a what a neat 
neat uh, thing uh, or a place to, to pray. Will you explain what your prayer life looks like? Well, for one thing, I got to say that I pray continually. I feel like mm-hmm. I am always saying, Lord, I need help here. Mm-hmm. Show me to do this. Show me to do that. When I'm mm-hmm. when I'm on board, you know, there are days yes. when, you know, yes. you get off track. But mm-hmm. that's my goal. And so I, I, I depend on him in that way, always. But when I am sitting down to pray, I found that there are so many people and things I want to pray for. Mm-hmm. My family, my friends, mm-hmm. my church, different charities, um, different businesses, my clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so much. Mm-hmm. All you can ever get done is pray. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. that's what you're called to. I think John mm-hmm. Wesley prayed you know, 10 <laughs> hours a day before he got up and did what he was going to do, but yes. I don't have that much time. Do you have a list? Do you make a list out in order to prioritize? I do. What I decided to do, this is this was right after my dad died, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. No, it was, it, was, it was before he died okay. uh, I started doing this, where I, I took the calendar and I divided it up into 12-day cycles. Hmm. And so on every single day, I'm praying for a family member. Hmm. Like, there's five different areas, a family member, uh, an organization. Uh, hmm. I just have five different things, five or six different things I'm praying for on that day. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say that there one day during that cycle, I just pray for me. And not because I'm, you know, special, but because I think I need that. I need that mm-hmm. time with the Lord where I'm saying, Lord, am I still in your will? Lord, mm-hmm. uh, I need to make some wise decisions about my health and my finances. Lord, help me in my relationships. If I've mm-hmm. hurt anybody, help me to make amends. Mm-hmm. And then once uh, every chance I get, that might be a couple of times a year, I go and retreat with the same thing and, and focus on mm. those kinds of things. Mm. But 12 days, five or six different uh, people and opportunities. To do that. Yeah. Are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself on most days? Now, you just were talking about praying without ceasing mm-hmm. is what you were, were saying and the importance of that. So part of that, and you say that one day, you know, you want to pray specifically for yourself. Well, in doing that, what are some specific prayers you are praying on most of those days? Well, first of all, I'm praying, Lord, you know, am I where you want me to be? Mm-hmm. I'm also, there are some days where I am I have 15 million things I need to do, mm-hmm. and they are all coming at me at once. Mm-hmm. And so I freak out. And so I've learned to just stop and breathe and say, Lord, help me to make a list, mm-hmm. 10 things mm-hmm. that I need to do today, because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do 15 million. What yes. 10 things do you want me to do today? And yes. I'll write them out. And, and as yes. I'm writing them out, like this peace comes over mm-hmm. me like, yes, mm-hmm. we'll do this first, Jane, and mm-hmm. we'll do this and this and this. And so that's a mm-hmm. lot of what I pray for. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. I also pray that I'm able to see people mm-hmm. and also that, you know, a lot of times in my work as an attorney, I don't get to talk about my faith, mm-hmm. but I pray that my clients and other people I come in contact with will be able to see mm-hmm. Jesus in me. Mm-hmm. That is important, extremely important, don't you think? Yes, I do. If God could only answer two prayers for you, what would they be? Well, I pray a lot for uh, family members to know the Lord. And I'm not saying they don't know the Lord, because Mm -hmm. I think most of them do. Mm -hmm. But I want them to know him in a personal way. I want them to have a Mm -hmm. relationship and not just believe, Mm -hmm. but have that personal relationship. Not, I mean, mostly so that I know that they are in heaven, Mm -hmm. ultimately. But also because I want them to be able to live that life full of the Holy Spirit now. Mm -hmm. You know, so they have have, uh, good lives and uh, full lives now. That's one thing I pray for then, for their salvation. But also, um, I pray that I continue to trust God. 
because it is a daily battle. I mean, it's a spiritual battle every day, and I feel like there's times when uh, I'm deep into that, Mm -hmm. you know, where discouragement tries to to come in or uh, regrets. Mm -hmm. You know, why didn't you do this for your dad or why didn't you do this? And and I just have to be able to trust, you know, and trust those back to the Lord and say, we did what we thought we were supposed to do then. Don't try to bother me now. Sure, that that makes sense. Before we leave talking about your prayer life, Will you take us through a day of how you pray, when you pray? So from uh, before you get out of bed in the morning to, until you go to bed at night, walk us through your day and your communication with the Holy Spirit. Okay. When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is spend time in prayer. And I have found I do that because if I don't do it first thing. I can get caught up in the news, caught up in my phone, caught up in other things, and I may not get back to it just because I'm human and you run out of time and it's time to get to the office. So I'll pray with God first thing in the morning and then I'll start my day. And basically, um, it's if you've heard the term popcorn prayers mm-hmm. <laughs> for mm-hmm. most of the day, mm-hmm. I'm praying to Him throughout the day when I when and I need help 24 7 but uh, when i'm able to i'm praying and asking for direction Mm -hmm. and strength and Mm -hmm. comfort and counsel you know whatever it is that that comes uh i ask for wisdom Mm -hmm. because sometimes people come to me seeking wisdom Mm -hmm. what a responsibility yes and i pray that i'm able to give them that wisdom and not mine particularly but the lord's Mm -hmm. even if they don't know Mm -hmm. it's coming from him and then in the evening before i go to bed i pray again and a lot of times what I'm praying for at that point is well, I'm thanking him for all the awesome things that happened during the day, mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness for the where I've fallen short, and then also just asking for his protection mm-hmm. over my family and me for the night. Let's go on to your devotional life. What does it consist of? Well, you may not believe this, but I used to be a very negative person before, <laughs> I, <laughs> before I knew Jesus as uh-huh. a, personally. And so sometimes there's that tendency to be mm-hmm. to see the worst in things so what i've taught myself to do is when i do get up in the morning and pray with god one of the things i do during that devotional time is to write down all the great things that happened yesterday oh. you know here's where i saw god here's mm-hmm. where uh, one of my nieces or nephews called me or texted me or and we had this great conversation or whatever it is just to write them down for one thing then i have a record of it but also to remind me that there are great things going on mm-hmm. and then i'll read from a devotional Okay. And there's a couple of them that I rely on and I've year after year because they speak to me new mm. every year. And one of them is Jesus Calling, mm-hmm. Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. And I like that one because um, it every day it talks about an aspect of the Lord's peace. And I need that because mm. I have a tendency mm. to, you know, to go haywire. Mm-hmm. So that's one of them. And the other one is My Utmost for His Highest mm. by Oswald Chambers. Mm-hmm. And I like that because he goes a little deeper and that kind of appeals to my thinking cap Mm -hmm. a little bit Uh, i I read the devotionals and then i read from scripture and right now what i'm doing is i'm reading from both the old and the new testament like i'll read a a couple chapters in the old testament right now i'm in joshua Mm -hmm. be strong and courageous yes and then in the new testament i'm reading out of revelation and when i read out of the new testament i read it out loud oh and the Uh reason i do that is because i think there's an impact not only in thinking it while you're reading it but also mm-hmm. hearing it yes and so my vo- the voice i hear the voice saying yes. those words mm-hmm. as well and then after i have studied in the word then then i pray my five or six mm-hmm. things i've got on my calendar hmm. Hmm. 
devotions, that's the lifeline. Don't you think that Mm -hmm. is the lifeline in our communication with the Holy Spirit? It is, because it devotion, I mean, the the relationship is not just about pouring out to him, although he welcomes that, Mm -hmm. but it's also Mm -hmm. about pouring in. I mean, I'm not going to learn anything new if I'm the only one talking. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I by reading the word, by reading the devotional, I've got God's voice coming in. Oh, yes. I use Sarah Young's Jesus Calling as well every day in my mm-hmm. devotions. That is the first thing that I read, and I really take my time with it and mm-hmm. concentrate and allow each line to speak to me in whatever way God wants to speak to, through me. Me too. Me too. And I, I do that with scripture too. One of my favorite scriptures it, it's not my life verse, but one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 27. Mm-hmm. And, for example, the first line of Psalm 27 is, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Mm. Now, those words alone speak to me. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have to go any further. That mm-hmm. speaks to me. But if you stop and think about that, the Lord is my light. What does that mean? It means in all the darkness in the world, he's my light. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's also a light in the sense of when you use a flashlight to go mm-hmm. through the darkness. You know, he's, a, he's a leader mm. to lead you in the light. So to stop and think about what you're reading as you go along. He's my salvation. And to think about all the mm. ways that he's my salvation, the way he saved me, the way he's rescued me. It's very meaningful to do that. Not just to read it and just, mm-hmm. you know, five minutes, you're done. But to mm-hmm. think about what what is the scripture saying and what's it saying mm-hmm. to me? Right. It's kind of like an application to me. He yes. applies what I just read to my life, good or bad, mm-hmm, <laughs> but, mm-hmm, depending right. on what I've done, you know. He applies that and helps me to see that it was either right or wrong or it should be this way or whatever. So that's yes. how it works uh, with me. Mm-hmm. Speaking of life first, do you have one? I do. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And Here's what it says. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So I'm not done yet because verse 7 is also part of my verse, but I want to say something about verse 6 if I could. Mm -hmm. Notice that God, through Paul, is telling us or instructing us not to be anxious about anything. Think about the implication of that, about don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about what's going on with my dad. Mm-hmm. How am I going to take care of him? How am I going to make a living? Don't be anxious about any of that. That sounds re- that sounds ridiculous to someone who doesn't know the Lord. Yes. Maybe to some people who do know the Lord. What? Yes. What are you talking yes. about? Mm-hmm. But he's asking us to, that in everything, by prayer and petition, and to me that means specifically, not just, mm-hmm. I mean, to say, this is where I'm at, Lord. Lord, I don't know how to take care of my dad. There's some parts of it I don't want to do. I don't know how to do or he's driving me nuts, or just lay it all out. I think that's what we're invited to do there, is to lay it all out and not hold back, because for one thing, God can take it, and for another, that's exactly what Jesus did in Gethsemane. In Matthew chapter 26, it said that he fell to the ground three times begging the Lord to take the cup away. And so I think if Jesus can be honest with God, Mm -hmm. then I can too. And then it says to do it with thanksgiving. And I don't believe... like. I don't believe that that means that God is asking me to be thankful for the terrible circumstance. Mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is, be thankful that I have a God to talk to, a God that cares, a God that sees me, a God that can do something about it. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason something is not done or I don't see what's going on, I know that he can walk with me through it. Then, verse 7 says, if we will do that, 
the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So God is promising, if you will surrender it to me, if you will name it, because by naming it, we're bringing it out into the open where we can deal with it, Mm -hmm. and healing can start. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're going to bottle it all up, nothing's ever going to happen. But if we can bring Mm -hmm. it out, he'll help us uh, work through it. He will bring us a peace that passes all understanding, mm-hmm. that, that we can't even understand. Mm-hmm. And if you tried to tell someone who didn't believe in God that here's what's going on in my life, and it's, it's a tragedy, mm-hmm. but I have trust in God that he's going to see me through, mm-hmm. they're going to look at you and say, that transcends all understanding. Mm-hmm. Well, no, mm-hmm. that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. How can you be so at peace when that's going on in your life? So that's why I call it crazy peace. God can give us a crazy peace. It makes no sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to us because we know he's right with us no matter what it is we're facing. Mm. Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? John, and I just say that because so many awesome things happened uh, in that book, but it's hard for me to pick one. Mm -hmm. There's a a lot of good ones, Mm -hmm. obviously. Very interesting, Jane. We've got to take another break, but we'll be right back with the chat. Welcome back to the chat. I'm speaking here with Jane Novelin, and Jane, we're still uh, talking about your Bible study. Now I'd like to know who is one of your favorite women in Scripture? One of my very favorite women in Scripture is Martha. And please don't stop listening. (laughs) So many times when we women go to conferences, uh, we are presented with the story of Mary and Martha at Luke's Luke's house. And um, we're asked, are we more like Mary or more like Martha? And we get, I don't know about anybody else, but I get tired of that. So that's not where I'm going with this. All right. So, but the reason she's my favorite is because in that moment, actually, I think it was at her house and not Luke's where Jesus has come over for dinner and she wasn't expecting him. And she wants things, she's just like me, she wants things to be perfect. Mm-hmm. She wants to please him. She she cares about him. And here he is at the door unannounced with 12 disciples and she's supposed to feed him. And so she goes nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, while she's worrying and running around and trying to figure out what to do, Mary is just sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of all of that, Jesus comes to her and says, Martha, Mary has chosen what is better. And in that moment, I think that was a revelation to Martha that she didn't have to live her life the way she had been living it. Mm -hmm. And maybe there were other priorities besides having the best household and the best meal and all those kinds of things. Now, the reason that she's my favorite person in the Bible is because I identify with her. That's where I was before I knew Jesus. Everything Mm -hmm. had to be perfect. I had to do it all myself. I didn't need any help, blah, blah, blah. Well, as we move through the Bible... We find out in John chapter 11 that uh, when Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, mm-hmm. he says to Martha, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah. And in that moment, I think everything changed for her, just like it changed for me when I received Jesus as my personal Lord mm-hmm. and Savior. Because, And the reason I say that, the reason I say that everything changed is because then In John chapter 12, when there's another dinner, uh, this time we're celebrating that Lazarus has risen and we're all gathered again together. Is Martha running around, going crazy, worried about Martha, or worried about Mary, worried about what's going on there? No. 
it says simply in John 12 2, Martha served. Mm. She's at peace. Mm-hmm. She's at peace. She has. She knows her Lord and Savior. She knows who she is in Him. She can just be Martha. She doesn't have to be Mary. We're all, you mm-hmm. know, but she can be Martha in her relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, and that's how I identify. I've always tr- had always tried to be someone else. I can be me in the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. The problem with looking at the uh, account in Luke the way we have so many times in the past is that you're comparing Martha, who doesn't know Jesus yet, with Mary, who apparently has already made the decision that he's her Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. She's already made that decision. She's sitting at his feet. Well, once Martha makes that decision, she also is able to serve in peace and sit in his feet. Have you had a mentor? Yeah, I've had, well, I've had different mentors during different seasons of my life, but there's one in particular I wanted to mention today, and that is Pastor Chet Martin. He was my pastor mm. at that church that I started attending to see my nephew, mm-hmm. and he was the one who was preaching that day when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, and then over the years, he's been my friend. He's been a mentor. But the once I discovered, uh, and again, this was in 1999, that Jesus was calling me to preach. That, that came out of nowhere because that's not anything I would have considered. You know, I had been mm-hmm. asking him, should I be a lawyer? Whatever. Mm-hmm. It never would have occurred to me that I could be a preacher or a pastor. And so, I, I mean, I knew it as, as much as I'm sitting here that, that he told me that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what anybody else was going to. Mm-hmm. So I went to Pastor Chet's office and he was busy, uh, but he saw me out in the hallway. And once I came in, he said, I know why you're here. And I said, you do? And he said, yes, the Lord has called you into ministry. Hmm. And I said, how did you know that? I haven't told anybody. Mm -hmm. And he said, when I saw you out in the hallway, the Lord laid it on my spirit. And I think he did that so you would never doubt that that came from him. You didn't make it up. Mm. And then through the years, he gave me opportunities to preach, opportunities Mm. uh, to minister. And then later he became superintendent of our denomination. He appointed me to various churches. And so... Mm. Just over the years, he's been the one uh, who's seen it from the beginning. What's one of the main things you think you've learned from him specifically? How to preach, to tell you the truth. Mm. Because before he preached, I did not know you could tell stories. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, mm-hmm. To be honest, my experiences in the past, the sermons have been kind of dry. They, not mm-hmm. that they weren't meaningful. If I'd been a believer, I probably been a, would have been right there. Mm-hmm. But he And he told jokes. I'm like, wow, we can laugh in church. You know, and and so I think that was the biggest effect uh, that he had on me that to find out you can talk about God as if he's real. And I know Chet. Yeah. And a funny guy, funny guy. But boy, can he preach? He can. All of us have gone through struggles in our lives. And we as followers of his are no different. Sometimes we have some very, very tough struggles. Have there been any time, times of discouragement that you've had to deal with in your faith walk because of the struggle you were going through? Uh, one is my dad who I already told you about. Mm-hmm. There's been other times when um, I have run away from, from things that I should not have run away from. And it feels good to run away in the moment, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel good later when you have a chance to think about it and you mm-hmm. know that you've disappointed the Lord. And so I've dealt with both. Both of those kind of things, sorrow, passing of my mom, dealing with my dad's death and, and his illness, and then also just disappointment in myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those very legitimate mm-hmm. times of discouragement and 
and struggle during any of those times were there any songs that god brought specifically to you to minister to you uh or to strengthen you to encourage you were there any songs or is there a song that god does that with you even today there is it's a song called even if by mercy me and in the song the uh, singer acknowledges that there are some times when you are high and and mm-hmm. doing great and other times when you you've just failed completely failed and in this song he's talking about a time where he's feeling like he's failed um and he doesn't feel like he can go on and he certainly can't minister to other people and but then ultimately he he realizes that you know god you can bring me out of this you can make things right mm-hmm. but even if you don't i'm still mm. i'm still with you um mm-hmm. You're still, it's still well with my soul. And I think this song speaks to me on a couple of different levels. One is my favorite hymn has always been, it is well with my soul. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And that's how this song ends is with that hymn, those words from that hymn. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no matter what happens, it's, it's like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. We're going in, or, you know, we're going in. Mm-hmm. We know that the Lord will save us. Even if mm-hmm. he doesn't, we know who, to whom we belong. Mm-hmm. And they had peace. So peace... No matter the circumstances, I think that's exactly what this song is trying to say. Let's listen to the song that Jane has chosen for us to listen to today. It's a song entitled, Even If. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright But right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down But what will I say? When I'm held to the flame like I am right now They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I have right now. God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be.
Jesus, I will cling to you. Come what may, cause I know you're able. tremendous song that is jane just to know that when we fail that god is still with us and he wants us to get up and keep on going for him good song good song in closing today i'd like to ask you to speak to those who are listening is there anything that god has laid on your heart that he wants you to say uh, words of encouragement, just whatever. Does does God have anything he wants you to say? I believe so, Nida. Um, I know that many of you are going through hard times right now. It may be dealing with uh, the, the pandemic, the aftermath of the pandemic. It may be an ill parent or child. It might be finances. It, it could be anything. No, but, but I just, I think what God wants to say to you today is that he sees you. Mm. And he knows exactly what it is you're going through. Mm -hmm. And he is for you, not against you. And that he's asking you today to do exactly what I talked about in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, to surrender all those things to him. And maybe that's going to mean having an honest conversation. Maybe that's going to mean getting down on your knees, down on your face. Maybe it means falling to your face three times like Jesus did and just getting it out of your system. To just say, Lord, this is what's going on. I mean, he already knows. But you need to say it. You need to say it. You need to acknowledge it. You need to surrender it to him. And if you do that, if you'll give it to him, um, I believe that you will sense a peace that passes all understanding. Your family will say you're nuts, but you're going to experience that peace that passes all understanding. And then when you get up and you go forward, the Lord is going to direct you step by step by step. If you'll listen, he will show you what to do and how to handle it. You will not be alone. He'll give you the strength. Thank you for speaking from your heart, Jane. Will you close our time together in prayer? Dear Gracious Father in Heaven, Lord, I just pray for all those who are listening today, maybe those who, again, are hurting. I pray, Lord, that in this moment they will sense your presence in a very real and personal way, that they'll know that you do see them, that you understand where they're coming from. Help them, Lord, to trust you, to seek your face. Help us all, Lord, to be able to see each other through your eyes to understand, to live with compassion, to live with faith. 
I pray, Lord, that you would just guide us and lead us, that you'd fill us with your spirit and help us, Lord, to be your witnesses. And Lord, we pray all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming to visit and to have a chat with me today. It's been uh, so encouraging, so uplifting, and you've been so good to be open and honest and to speak from your heart. And that's what we as women can relate to. When a fellow sister in Christ speaks from her heart, that ministers and speaks to us. And so I thank you for sharing with us today what you have shared with us. You've been a true blessing. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. For the Savior.